and we're back! I'm Conrad, he's Drew, and we are Stranger by the Dozen. So let's get going in our uh, assaults on Dracula with Doctor Strange 59, June 1983, Children of the Night. Roger Fine. Stern. Dracula getting what, what's coming to him. Finally. Oh yes, at last. <laughs> uh, Roger Stern writer, Dan Green penciler, Terry Austin inker, Jim Novak letterer, Bob Sheridan colorist, Alan Milgram editor, Jim Shooter, all knowing. Ooh. Yeah. So we restart mere seconds after uh, after Hannibal King um, explains that we're fighting Dracula. I don't know. I, I forget if I said it was Hannibal King last last time, but it, it's Hannibal King. Ryan Reynolds in, in the Blade movies. Yes. He uh, so Sarah Wolf is pretty amused by the concept of fighting Dracula. Like she she totally laughs. But Strange and King are not amused. Doctor Strange recaps his fight against Dracula back in the day. And apparently, in the Marvel timeline, it was two years ago. But in real life, it was seven years ago and back in episode 15 of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Me, uh, so we learn that somehow Dracula has survived both the fight with Doctor Strange and the attempt on his life that came with the end of the Tomb of Dracula comic book series back in 1979. <laughs> also, Strange suddenly re-remembers his encounter with Dracula during the Six-Fingered Hand saga, which was a couple episodes ago, which had previously been hidden from him by, by Mephisto. Meanwhile, in Chicago, a bunch of cultists that worship the evil spellbook The Darkhold resurrect Dracula, and he's back with a sweet goatee and a heart full of rock and roll. They also uh, resurrect or bring back the Eye Killers, which were these uh, Native American, like this brother and sister team of, 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 of Native American themed bad guys that are now called Children of the Night from the underground pit that Doctor Strange banished them to. They uh, assume sweet bird forms and fly out to attack our guys. Okay. Yeah. Afterward, after this, we get like some backstory about Wolf's friend, Doug Royce. And how he and Hannibal King were trying to hunt the children of the night. But then they ended up sort of being... The hunters became the hunted. And Royce was eventually killed way back when. Um, and suddenly they are attacked inside their inside uh, King's apartment by the giant birdman children of the night. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Strange sucks the children of the night, King, and himself into your standard sort of Steve, Steve Ditko-style alternate dimension for safer fighting. Right, and also it's going to be a pain in the butt to replace those windows. Just saying. Oh my gosh! Like you gotta, you gotta just just leave and let hotel management deal with it. That, that's my motto. Oh, <laughs> uh, say, so, uh, sorry. There were there, there were demons involved. I don't know what to tell you. Giant bird demons. I don't know. Just you know, I don't. It's the thing. During the fight, uh, King assumes an awesome man bat form, and the two children of the night are beaten. I guess I should say. I, like Hannibal King's a vampire, but he doesn't kind of drink. He doesn't drink human blood, and he tries to avoid using vampire powers because you kind of need human blood to power to to fuel your vampire powers. Right. So he kind of turns. You know, he kind of paces around and really has to uh, make a decision to turn into into man bat form. My favorite, um, one of my favorite images from this from the, this this. Uh, episode of comics though is with Hannibal King and man bat form as he grabs the bird head of one of the children of the night and it's going like squawk which I think is kind of funny <laughs> um, 
So King and Strange beat the Children of the Night, and they try to question them, but they're loyal to the Darkhold, and instead choose to dissolve into mist and die instead of give up answers. The Children of the Night are no more, but apparently they were alive long enough to find the location of the true Darkhold. Strange and Sarah return to the Sanctum to plan their next move. Things are heating up. Woo! And to prove it, we go to Thor 333 from July 1983. Like a bat out of heaven. Alan Zelnitz, scripter, Matt Bright, pen, or Mark Bright, penciler, Vince Coletta, inker, Janice Chian, letterer, George Russo's colorist, Mark Grunewald, editor, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. So this... Ish, this this issue starts with Dracula and Medius Ress having drank in the blood of Lady Sif, Thor's girlfriend. That's really he, messed up. Yeah. Well, you know, he's Dracula, man. He's a messed up guy. A yeah. mortal blood flows through his veins, and he's having a pretty good time. But the interaction with Dracula's evil, with Sif's uh, uh, p- uh, good purity, has given her total amnesia. And... Drac is taking advantage of it like a total creep. That's really creepy and messed up and and creepy. I mean, he's Dracula. That's kind of his thing, you know? Like, best case scenario, he he eats you alive. Worst case, he does it with some creepy relationship things. Uh, It's still really creepy, though. That's why Dracula must be stopped, bro. Yes, still just really (laughs) creepy. (laughs) Meanwhile, in New York City, Thor is asking Strange... Is asking Doctor Strange for some help with Thor stuff. Um, like the short version is that he needs Doc to find this magic staff so that Thor can find Jane Foster, who is currently missing, and Donald Blake, his alter ego, is accused of murdering her. Um, Strange offers to brainwash himself afterwards to forget about Thor's identity, but Thor isn't too worried about it. But I thought it was nice the offer of self brainwashing, you know. It seems a bit different from uh, Doctor Strange's usual M.O. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, he brainwashes everybody else, but I think it's good he finally does it himself. Yeah. <laughs> so Strange uses the Orb of Agamotto to find the staff by first checking with Sif's brain, but he finds her controlled by Dracula, and we'll have to wait till tomorrow night to get him, but Thor, you better get ready for some Dracula fighting. We learned that uh, Dracula has sent a cultist to bring a... Uh, a fancy dress for Sif, and Thor catches the minion on his way home and, like, braces him for information. Sif and Dracula are going to the opera, and it's time to fight. The cultist returns to cultist headquarters, admits his weakness, and then kills himself, which is always a good sign of devotion for your evil cultists. <laughs> really solid. Yeah. So, uh, at the opera, Sif is developing fangs, and Thor barges into the opera and calls Dracula out. They brawl through the opera house and up onto the roofs of the city, and it is super awesome. Sweet. Like, yeah, all the uh, all the Thor and Dracula powers come into play. Like, Dracula turns into a bat, and he turns into mist and stuff. And Thor, like, flies around and hits him with a hammer and then electrocutes him with the hammer. It's pretty awesome. That sounds rad. In the end, Dracula's all burnt out, like all of his clothes are burned off because he's been electrocuted and stuff. <laughs> But eventually, after being struck by lightning, uh, Dracula teleports away back to New York. Apparently, the 
Asgardian blood that he drank from the Sith has burned itself out from his veins, and he is now weakened enough for Doctor Strange to take him down on the next episode of this podcast. Meanwhile, Sif shows up on the roof with Thor, and she's okay. She's non-fanged, and her memory returns. They embrace and fly off to get that staff to do more Thor stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can always bring more Thor stuff. I really can. You know, we got to do a... Uh, after we finish this thing, we got to get some... Uh, we got to do Thor by the dozen or something. Oh, man. Don't even get me started. Or maybe... Uh, maybe uh, like, let's read some comics. I'm feeling Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I barely know what that means. That's not an original. That's not a thing that people say normally. Oh, that's 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 still good though. Or uh, my my back. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. How about this? My back issues are Thor. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. No one seal that. That's mine. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> but hey, let's... Uh, this Doctor Strange stuff has been excellent. Yes. Let's finish strong with Defenders stuff. All right. Yeah. Defenders 122 from August 1983. Things to come. Conrad? J- yeah. I have some very serious questions. Mm-hmm. They, they, th- these are questions that I have asked a very long time over multiple episodes. Okay, what's the question? What the he- what 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 the heck is the deal with the elf with the gun? Buddy, we're gonna find out. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Uh, so things to come: J.M. Damateus scripter, Don Perlin penciler, Kim DeMolder inker, Shelley Lefferman letterer, Christy Steele colorist, Al Milgram editor, Jim Shooter editor in chief. So. And they all, they're all presenting a turning point in the lives of the Defenders. So from last episode, Drew, we've skipped two Defenders issues. But in those two, basically, a priest dude calling himself Miracle Man sucked the evil parts of Damon Hellstrom's uh, soul, which is, we're calling his dark soul, out of him. And that made Miracle Man super evil. Um the defenders beat him, but instead of the Dark Soul being put back in Damon, it was jammed inside of like a snake, and it worked. And also, during this fight, uh, Damon and Patsy's Patsy being Hellcat's relationship has grown steadily. So, with the Dark Soul gone, Miracle Man reverts to Brother Joshua, who's sort of a random priest, and goes back to the monastery. And after the fight, uh, Hellstrom, Hellstrom and Hellcat have a big heart-to-heart. And finally decide that they love each other. And with the health, with the dark soul removed and, him, and he no longer really being son of Satan, the two of them decide to get married and move to California. So uh, that, that thing between uh, Hellcat and uh, Valkyrie isn't a, a thing anymore. I well, <laughs> when they return to Defender's Mansion to tell everybody the good news, you get a big tracking shot. <laughs> Of their base of uh, Damon and Patsy being like, "Hey, we're getting married," and you see all the rest of the defenders reacting like gargoyle, Overmind, Beast, and uh, Dolly, Patsy's um, housekeeper slash mentor, and Valkyrie. Uh huh. Valkyrie's uh, giving her the eyebrow, and like she says, "Married" in small letters with dots on either side. Ooh, I know what that means. That means um. I don't appreciate this. (laughs) 
And I think you kind of see her reaction like Valkyrie's there. You're like, like she asks when you guys are planning on moving to California. And Patsy says today Valkyrie just freaking turns her back on Patsy. It's super, super duper fraught. (laughs) So so the things that they've been subtly implying or not so subtly, subtly implying, I mean, really not so subtly implying. Now they're coming to a head. Yeah. As sort of Patsy explains her plans to Dolly, uh, Valkyrie ends up, Running off and flying away on on uh, Aragorn and Pegasus. Oh, it's it's pretty good for this sort of uh, unnamed subplot that we've been talking about for a while. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, back at the Sanctum Sanctorum, you know, so everybody else, however, is pretty stoked and um, is getting ready to just have a party and stuff. Even Beast's dog Sassafras is feeling pretty good. Meanwhile, at the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, it's old home week. Everybody's showing up. Namor, the Hulk, uh, Silver Surfer. They're like, hey, Doctor Strange, we, we, answer, we got your call. We've uh, shown up to help you out. What do you need? And Doctor Strange is like, I didn't call anybody. What's going on? And Buddy, you know who called him? Ooh. Elf with a gun. Blam! <laughs> we'll talk about it more next month. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so uh, what you calls it? Patsy and Hellstrom uh, get in their cab to head out to California. Uh, Valkyrie apparently feeling better, um, or as are deciding not to, or, or deciding to put a brave face on and sort of bids bids them farewell as she cries to herself. Um, the Beast gets a mail delivery of like fifteen bags of uh, of Beast fan mail being forwarded from his address to the Avengers. But then he gets whammed by uh, an icy bridge as his old buddy Bobby Drake, the Iceman, shows up. And it's like, you know, a couple X-Men hanging out doing X-Men stuff. Right. Meanwhile, uh, feeling bad, uh, Valkyrie sort of reflects on her Valkyrie-ness. And she, um, like, basically gets on the phone to Odin and is like, hey, can you help me out, Odin? I'm feeling pretty bad. And he's like, hey, yeah, I got a mission. Uh, come back to Asgard for, for, for a little bit. And she just kind of disappears through the Bifrost up into the sky. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of coded relationships, um, Gargoyle Beast and Bobby Drake are all in the bathroom, like, taking baths. Okay. And getting ready for the night on the town, which I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I just want to say that I am not okay with seeing a happy gargoyle. He's weird, man. He's an old orange guy with wings. And he's, he's just really happy about, you know, taking a bubble bath. I don't... Uh, taking a bubble bath with two of his buddies in the same room as him. Oh, this is intensely awkward. So, anyhow, they all agree to go out. They take Overmind along because Overmind's like, Hey, I know um, six people inside one pe- person's body and I don't know to do anything. But I'm also a giant bearded guy, but I would like to also hang out. And they're like, of course you can hang out, dude. You're on the team. And they're like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> so they go to uh, the Desert Tea Kettle uh, restaurant, which, or to the Desert Kettle restaurant, which makes leads me to believe that the Defenders invented going out to Shwarma as a superhero team before the Avengers did. <laughs> that I can totally, yeah. But sense. it's a uh, it's a hip super it's a it's a hip uh, Middle Eastern joint that Beast is sitting at around the table with his old superhero buddy uh, Bobby Drake and his new superhero buddies uh, Gargoyle and Overmind and then Dolly um, 
who's semi-dating Gargoyle, I guess. When suddenly Vera, uh, Beast's girlfriend, shows up, and it's like, hey, I thought you couldn't go out tonight, but here you are at our spot with these superheroes. And things look bad for the Beast's relationship. <laughs> but it looks good for Gargoyle's relationship as he pops his wings out of the back of his suit, and he and Dolly dance around, do superhero dancing around the uh, dance floor of the restaurant. And as they do, there's sort of a big discussion about sort of the idea of the Defenders being a non-team. You know, like since its inception in the early, in like the early seventies, the big thing about the Defenders is that it's been, you know, a casual team with no real membership and stuff. Right. And the Def- and you know Beast, who's been on the X Men and been an Avenger, sort of wants some more team structure stuff in his life. And Gargoyle's kind of like, well, why don't we just make it a team then? We could be a full time team. Who cares? And this has really captured Beast's imagination at the end of this issue. As everybody else toasts, and it's like, hey, better days, super superhero time. And we go ahead to Defenders 123 from September 1983 of Elves and Androids. J.M. DeMatteis, writer, Don Perlin, penciler, Kim DeMolder, inker, Carl Potts, editor, Janice Chan, letterer, Christy Scheel, colorist, Jim Shooter, tall guy with the big office. <laughs> so... Finally, at last, it's elf time. So we, we can finally talk about the elf of the gun. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> After all these times, and I'm like, hey, Conrad, what's up with that elf of the gun? And you're just like, ah, don't worry about it, man. Yep. So you'll remember that, like, last episode there was this tribunal. There was this droid lady with a robot face. And they were sort of talking about how the defenders must be stopped or they'll destroy time forever, you know? You're right. So now the Defender's been brought before that tribunal, and we learn that the elves sort of travel through time and shoot people, which is true. And with that set up, we uh, switch to the rest of the Defenders. <laughs> what? In an Avengers Quinjet, it's uh, Beast, Gargoyle, and Iceman as they fly out to say howdy to Scarlet Witch and Vision in their suburban home in New Jersey. They kind of have dinner at the Scarlet Witch House. Meanwhile, a pair of, or a trio, I should say, of evil witches working for, um, working for this, a secret organization <laughs> plan to kidnap the Vision for their evil purposes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they like, identify themselves as members of um, the Secret Empire, which all, of course, always remind you is the secret group that was once headed by Richard Nixon before he killed himself in the Oval Office in front of Captain America. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. So. Of course. There's three guys. There, there are these three witches. There's Cloud, who's a lady who can be made out of clouds and is mostly personified as a naked young lady who has clouds floating in front of her bikini area. Uh-huh. There's a Seraph, who is like, uh, she's kind of a wizard lady, I guess. Strength, telepathy, empathy, that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. right. And then there's Harridan, who's an old lady, who's, um, whose touch ages you and makes you, um, like, you know, get old and die, basically. And they're all going after the vision. It's going to be good. So, meanwhile, back with the original Defenders plus the Civil Surfer, they're walking through a sea, an island of invisibility, of, uh, through an, a sea of surreality with the elves sort of teasing in front of them. They pass through this sort of Island that's full of 
ghostly forms from different time streams. They sort of say, like, this must be some kind of, like, nexus or dimensional limbo or something. Uh, the elf sort of explains that he does all this time stuff, and he leads them to a mystic slide. We go then to an interlude to Asgard, where Valkyrie's meeting with Odin, and we learn that Odin has a new, um, a new mission for her. Basically to watch over and be the boss of Moondragon, who is a superhero we've seen before. She's kind of a, a powerful psychic lady. She's bald. She kind of does some stuff. Right. And finally, as the defender, as a, as Beast, Iceman, and Vision do dishes at the Scarlet Witch House, they're attacked by these, you know, by the witches that we kind of saw before. She, um, Iceman and Beast get de-aged and stuff. And there's just some... Some cool fighting stuff. I think the best part is um, Harriden has the aging has her aging abilities, and she tries to use them on Gargoyle, but Gargoyle is apparently ageless, so it burns her out, which is pretty awesome. That's awesome. Anyhow, finally, the elf time travels the defenders to a barren wasteland, and at and they and he explains that this barren wasteland is Earth in the mid twenty fourth century. I hope you like what you've seen, because you four jerks caused it. Man, this elf really has some attitude. Just saying. He's a rude dude with attitude, man. He's a total 90s creation. <laughs> <laughs> and this takes us, man, we're getting real close, Drew. I'm telling you. Real close. To Defenders 124, Darkness on the Edge of Time. J.M. DeMatteis writer, Don Perlin, and Kim DeMolder artists, Janice Chang letterer, Christy Shield colorist, Carl Potts editor, Jim Shooter editor-in-chief. So, okay, <laughs> we're walking around the deserted 24th century. The defenders caused it. They demand to know how. As they do, they get transported back in front of the tribunal, and the tribunal says that they can obliterate them with just a thought, but instead they will show you, show the defenders how they destroyed the earth. First, we cut back, of course, to New Jersey, where Beast says, "Hey, I want to make the um, I want to bring the Defenders full time. Do you, um, Scarlet Witch and Vision, want to join the team?" And they say, "No, we're retired. We're going to raise a family." <laughs> and um, Beast is like, "Dang, okay, we'll figure something out." <laughs> so, okay, here's here's the deal. Yes, they sort of tell us in a different way, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it my way, and I feel like my way makes sense. All right. So there's a there's a version of the future, okay? Um, there's a big spaceship. It crash lands. Doctor Strange investigates. Okay. He he investigates the crash spaceship. He finds that it's being powered by human beings. Like human beings have been kidnapped and are now powering the spaceship. Okay. The people in the, there's people in tubes. The people in the tubes are all the people that the elf with the gun has shot in previous episodes of the Defenders. Oh, oh, okay. Apparent, and we learned that basically this tribunal is a trans-time multiverse tribunal trying to stop the end of reality. The way they accomplish this is with the use of time agents. Beings that can go back in time and affect their will throughout the time stream. The agents have to be small to fit through their via various ways of reality, and that's why they are goddamn elves. With guns. Well, they have to have guns to affect people in the time stream. Oh, okay. So, that's basically how it goes. The people that they shoot... It's actually not an actual gun. It's a um, 
it's a time transporter. It just trans. It just basically we see that the elf that the, that the people that the elves have killed were actually sucked out of the timeline and are now sort of lying prone and suspended animation inside the tribunal chambers. So you mean to tell me that this entire time, mm-hmm. this whole elf with a gun plotline hasn't just been some sort of random creation of some editor who was just kind of being random and crazy? I'm not saying that at all. Uh huh. I'm okay. saying. Um, like, I was kind of kind of wait for the end for this. But no, when, when Steve Gerber was writing Elf with a Gun, he didn't have any idea what was going on. He wanted to add some things that were mysterious and crazy to his Defenders comic that was already crazy with the swapping brains with deers and stuff. He thought, oh, this is ridiculous, but I bet I can make it more ridiculous by just having a random mythical creature show up and shoot people for no reason. He was right. Okay. <laughs> Um, ten years later, uh, J.M. DeMatteis is like, that was good, but I think I'm going to find a way to mar- to rope this into the Defender storyline that I'm writing. And here we are. <laughs> with So, uh, initially the Tribunal tried to prevent the future by, by stopping the people inside the two, that, that would be powering the alien ship from being able to, be, to do that, by, by removing them from the timeline with their time agents. That was the previous Elf with the Gun Adventures. But that has apparently not stopped the eventuality. So instead, they have to take out the Defenders. We see Doctor Strange finding the ship with the people inside of it. Basically, he he sort of starts warning people. All the Defenders come out and attack the ship as well. They make the ship crash. Inside the ship is an alien prince. It leads to all-out war. This is sort of linking from this issue and next issue. Uh, okay. All the aliens... Are, so basically, we see a flash forward. Um, Doctor Strange enlists the rest of the original Defenders, that being uh, Namor the Hulk and Silver Surfer, to take down this alien spaceship. They do. When they do, the ship crashes, and everybody inside the ship has killed themselves. And that's basically the end of Avengers 20, 124. Okay. Yeah, in Avengers 125, um, Hello, I Must Be Going, or Mad Dogs and Elvish Men from November 1983 uh, by J.M. DeMatteis writer Don Perlin and Kim DeMolder artist Janice Chang letterer Christy Shield colorist Carl Potts editor Jim, Ch- Jim Shooter Chief. We basically learn that the crashing of this ship and the deaths of all the crew lead to a massive retaliation by the alien empire that this ship came from. That leads to the entire Earth being destroyed. As such, the Time Tribunals basically says, look, you four guys caused this. It's based around your four massive abilities to take down, to, to be able to fight these aliens in the first place. To prevent the Earth from being destroyed, we have to destroy you. Um, it's time stuff, man. That's how it goes. Sh- sure. Okay. But Doctor Strange prov- um, offers... A different plan. In his plan, these original four defenders, Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Namor, and Silver Surfer, will instead swear to never team up again. They they leave the defenders, they'll never be part of it again. If uh, they don't if they don't team up, if they don't if they aren't part of the defenders, then they won't take part in this in this eventuality and this future will be avoided. Oh, oh okay. Did, does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. it's time. It's it's time travel stuff. I just want to make sure that like, no, no, it, it, there's it a makes, vague idea of what's going on, and it's not just total gibberish. Like, this is what's happening. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. 
But like, <laughs> that's basically it. I mean, or that that's the end of Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange's run with the Avengers. He has to leave the team because of the prophecy of this uh, magic time traveling tribunal, along with um, that that enforces the best possible timeline on our reality by through an army of time agents that are elves with guns. <laughs> That's it. Okay. I couldn't have told you in the 70s, Drew. You wouldn't have understood. Uh, I'm sure I wouldn't have. So anyhow, meanwhile, with the new Defenders, all right, um, they recruit Warren Worthington, the Angel, onto the team. Valkyrie returns with Moondragon, who's sort of been... She's sort of got got a corrective headband on from Asgard. Like, she's, like, and Odin basically wants her to sort of learn some lessons about humility and not being a jerk, so... Valkyrie's helping her out with that. Uh, they go to the wedding of Patsy and Damon, which is interrupted by more Secret Empire guys, including our old buddies on the uh, from Mutant Force, which includes my favorite guy, the Shocker, who's a dude with crab um, with crab pincers for hands and feet. <laughs> um, and there's this evil guy who looks like I'd say. He looks like Batman times Wolverine, I guess, named a uh, Mad Dog. Yeah, he does look like a weird combination of Batman and Wolverine. Or like like Batman, but like with no cape or utility belt and brown, you know? And also just as angry as Wolverine is. Yeah, but also kind of feral and Wolverine-like. Yeah. And yeah, that guy turns out to be... Uh, Turns out to be Patsy Walker's often mentioned uh, ex-husband, Robert Buzz Baxter, mm-hmm. who's been sent by the evil guys to you know to kill her and kidnap Vision and whatever. He tries to make out with her at their wedding, and no one appreciates it. Um, you know, the good guys beat him up. The wedding continues. It's good times. The uh, the old defenders show up just in time to wish the new defenders well. And the elves with the gun, the elves with guns, walk up into the time stream to once again enforce temporal justice. <laughs> Being elves with guns, right? Time agents. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, so with that, um, you know, the new defenders are formed. It's right. a team of what? From the original defenders, there's like Valkyrie and Gargoyle, and then there's Beast, Iceman, Angel, and uh, and uh, Moondragon. Right. Yeah. So. That's basically, and then Doctor Strange, Nemor, Hulk, and Silver Surfer go off in opposite directions and never team up again for at least, like, ten years. Right. So this is the new Defenders team. It'll continue for about 27 more episodes with basically, basically the guys here. They'll later be joined by Cloud, who appeared, like, in an earlier episode, and eventually Angel's girlfriend, Candy Southern, will join the team full-time, and Moondragon will leave about halfway through. Eventually, Defenders 152, as part of Secret Wars 2, the half of the team that aren't either former X-Men or dating former X-Men will appear to die, <laughs> and the X-Bros will head off to join Scott Summers and the newly resurrected Jean Grey to form X-Factor. Uh, Valkyrie will be back in a couple, you know, she'll be back eventually, and Nighthawk will be too, he'll be back in the 21st century, and Doctor Strange will rejoin the Defenders before then on the timeline when the Secret Defenders are formed in the late 80s. 
And that's it, man. That's like the end of Doctor Strange on the Defenders. It's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, he's been there from the beginning, and they've gone up to 125 episodes now. This is like a ton of this podcast has been a Defenders Cup podcast, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But huh. Nat, oh, go ahead. No, no, just huh. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna con- so now we're gonna get more a lot more time for Solo Strange and and Doctor Strange teaming up with people in sort of small team ups and him being part of larger. Um, larger narratives and stuff. I think it's going to be an interesting time on the podcast. It's going to be pretty fun, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, and then, also, man, just going back to it, I'm really excited about the Dracula stuff. Like, all the all the Dracula issues have been really neat, and the story's moving along in a really awesome clip, and, like, this is very exciting Marvel Universe things in general. You know, just a big crossover of sort of canceled comics coming into Doctor Strange to sort of settle Dracula's hat, which I always appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, if you'd like to contact the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email at strangerbythedozen at gmail.com or interact with the show on Facebook and Instagram at strangerbythedozen or on Twitter at strangerbythe12, that's strangerbythe12, and on our podcast network site at cradline.com. During the week, I'll post a bunch of images and quotes from the issues covered, so keep an eye out. Stranger by the Dozen is on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, and any other fine podcatching app. Also, for a bit of a, of a programming note, um, with Doctor Strange's run on The Defenders done, we're going to slow things down a little bit with our pace on Stranger by the Dozen. Going forward, we're going to unofficially change to a Stranger by the Half Dozen, doing six comic book issues per episode. Hopefully, this, this should allow us to go more in-depth with the stories and take a more thorough look at these comic books. Not really rush through things. I mean, you know, just... Really, really, really just savor it. Just, you know... Why not, man? They're going to... Listen, next week, Doctor Strange is going to team up with Scarlet Witch, Frank uh, Frank Drake, and Galdern Blade to take down Dracula once and for all. Finally. He, that dude has it coming. Yep. Then he'll batter a, battle a master of Kaya Jutsu, which is the shouting martial art, and team up with Moon Knight to fight Egyptian dudes and to fight for the, for the fate of Spider-Woman's soul. Uh, the bad guy from the Doctor Strange TV movie, Morgan Le Fay, will finally show up on an episode of Stranger by the Dozen. It'll be fun. <laughs> oh. Until, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. That TV it's... movie. Oh. Never forget, man. Never, never forget that movie. When I when I saw Doctor Strange, I saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and they had some uh, pre-show entertainment things that sort of showed some clips from the movie and stuff. Oh, no. And the people next to me were like, oh, hey, that looks kind of cool. And I, like, turned to them and was like, no, it is not cool. It's not cool. Don't believe what these guys say. Believe what I say. I have a podcast. <laughs> and until then, faithful listener, I say, friendship is that if there's any one element that holds the Defenders together, it is this. And if there's any one person whom all the Defenders look upon as the symbol of that friendship... It is the man who dwells within this August Greenwich Village Manor. He is the linchpin on which the defenders turn. Ironically, he is also the most solitary and perhaps the loneliest of their number. For he walks alone through unseen worlds, protecting the earth from the dark forces that hover menacingly on the periphery of human consciousness. He is master of the mystic arts, Dr. Strange. My name is Conrad, and for my co-host, Drew, this is Stranger by the Dozen, 
May the Vishanti guide your path.